0: Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Carly. We are the creators and hosts. As two women who received late autism diagnoses, we are passionate about educating, celebrating, and highlighting autistic identities. This life-changing diagnosis opened a whole new world to us both. Our special interests have been so important in our journey of self-discovery through our autism diagnosis.
1: Special interests provide autistics with an element of regulation, comfort, and support. We want to provide a platform where others can share the joy of their special interests. Our podcast aims to represent diverse autistic identities through an inclusive community where autistic voices are valued, validated, and seen.
0: We're excited for you to join us on our journey of learning and story sharing.
1: Join us weekly as we share about our own experiences and other autistic stories.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Special Interest Podcast. Today, we're interviewing with Kara. How are you today, Kara?
2: Hi, I'm doing pretty good. So nice to be in touch with you both, and I'm happy to be here.
1: Awesome. It's so nice to meet you and have you here with us. Usually in the beginning of our episodes, we like to touch base with each other and catch up. So how was your week, Kara? My
2: week was very busy. Um... I am currently finishing up my final stretch of grad school and so i um, seeing lots of clients which is awesome but yeah very busy and demanding. Well
0: best of luck to you and congrats on almost being done. I just got my master's last year and it's a lot of work.
2: Awesome yeah it's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm just curious what your master's is in.
0: Yeah education.
2: Okay cool
0: do you want to tell us a little more about yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, So I wanted to connect with you both because one, it kind of seems like we have similar stories of just being late diagnosed. Um, so I'm, I'm Tara. I I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm currently in grad school for um, counseling and art therapy. And I um, was late diagnosed with autism last year, um, and I kind of had this epiphany moment before that uh, that I'm autistic, which is, was really kind of like a wild ride, um, just in how how I finally got to that place. Yeah, and and it was it was just interesting because I. I, from all my schooling and like what we learned about autism, I never connected with it. And it wasn't until I was with, um, in therapy session afterwards, talking about my struggles with work life and just like getting burnt out, but not, not knowing at the time that it was autistic burnout, um, really struggling with that and kind of just having this epiphany afterwards that, oh, I I think I'm autistic. And then I did like researched all night long, like didn't sleep. because I was like, oh my God, everything makes sense. Like this is this is amazing. Like I was I was so happy about it. Um so that was that was the start of my journey. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I feel like
0: um I definitely have a lot of similarities with your experience, like you were saying. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind talking a little more about like your um process of getting diagnosed and mm-hmm. kind of how that worked out for you,
2: yeah. So after like the initial epiphany moment and bringing it to my therapist, she's like, oh, that that could make sense." Yeah. And i but I really wanted. I really wanted that like validation because I was second guessing myself a lot still. So was like, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Um, so I found a place in Colorado that I could go to, to um, get assessed and I got put on the waiting list and was just really anxious waiting. And I actually was able to get in within a couple of months, which, I don't know, for some people, it's like years. So I was happy about that. Um, But I had to drive from Santa Fe to Denver um, one weekend. And we did. I was nervous also because I knew that the assessments were flawed. From all the research I've done, I was a little worried. And I knew the assessment was kind of more for kids. It was the ADOs. Um, if you're familiar with that, the ADOs assessment, and so you do a lot of tasks that are definitely made for kids. So I was like, this is interesting. Um, but the the overall um, conclusion and what what the assessor like noticed um, in the report was so fascinating. Um, also a little, made me a little sad because I realized like, oh, maybe I'm not as good at masking as I thought. Um, it was, yeah, it was really like emotional roller coaster. this whole, this whole experience, definitely.
1: How has your experience been since the diagnosis? How are you feeling now after receiving that and being able to process it and now apply it to your life knowing this information
2: yeah I think it's completely changed my life for the better I'm so happy that I I've been on this journey because I have just been able to understand my needs so much more and start to start to advocate for myself more and understand like what where my limits are and I think that's really good to know. And it it also has it's helped I'm starting I'm on this journey of like self-discovery, of learning who am who am I really? Um and that's been really cool. And I'm getting more and more comfortable in my skin and I think yeah, the world just needs more people that that are really like Really comfortable with who they are, and so I'm, I'm kind of on that journey. It's important to acknowledge my privilege of being a white cis woman when talking about unmasking and stepping into one's authentic self. Uh, for some people, the risk of showing one's true self isn't an option due to their safety. Um, so the choice of how much and when to unmask is really t- unique to each person's circumstance. And on the flip side, high masking is also correlated with a higher risk of suicidality. So I'm sending lots of love to everyone who's on a journey to discovering and loving their true selves more, whether that means declaring it publicly or privately.
0: Thanks for sharing. I'm curious to know how your diagnosis has affected your position in mental health and art therapy and like what impact it's had
2: yeah yeah so thanks for asking that because that is something I wanted to bring in so on this journey the past year my my initial my, my initial reaction being relief and excitement and like just wanting to learn as much as possible about autism and how how it how it um, shows up in me and I was also learning all this stuff in school and I started realizing that what we're being taught in the mental health field is so behind on like the research that's coming up now and it's really the medical model of pathologizing and like seeing autism as a bad thing not not embracing it and that was so disheartening to to start to learn that and really frustrating and um we started i started seeing the ableism this is like but finally when ableism clicked before i i feel like i was so um unaware of how ingrained it is in our society so that definitely opened opened my perspective up that way and yeah so I noticed the ableism in the mental health field um and I also started started seeing other people like me other autistic therapists that and other like branches of neurodiversity that are really wanting to change that so I'm seeing that action being moved forward and so that's that's why I'm trying to be more visible now as not just like a therapist, but an autistic therapist. Because when I, when I discovered I was autistic, I really wanted someone, wanted someone that um, understood me in that way. And I wanted to to find a therapist that like could just validate me and be like, yeah, like it can be tough uh, and I get it. And I could not find that in New Mexico. And I think across the U.S., it's still like it's harder to find more visible um, autistics or people that are really putting themselves out there in that way. So that's kind of my hope for the future is just being able to support fellow autistics um, like in a way, in a way of, um, in like a loving and like strength-affirming way that's not seen very much right now in the mental health field and is really needed.
1: That's beautiful, and I really couldn't agree more. I think just the people that are going to interact with you in your field, you're going to impact them so much, I'm sure. Have you found that you are open to, like, educating some of your colleagues in that? Are you open to them?
2: I am. I'm open to it because I think and I think one way in doing that is just being more vulnerable and open with my experience. And I'm hoping that will help teach others, teach other uh, mental health professionals. Um, and I'm also, I would love to educate more and I'm kind of, I'm trying to th- figure out the best way to go about that because I also think there's just a lot of stereotypes and stigma and resistance in that because people just don't understand yet and it's hard it's hard to get that perspective when you've been fed fed another narrative about autism your entire life um I would love to connect with yeah mental health professionals in that way and and other other people that want to learn
0: yeah so you mentioned um that for you it's like important to disclose that you're autistic and really show up as your authentic self and I think that can be a little scary for some people and like you were saying and I was wondering if you had advice for people or any tips on how to do that
2: Mm, that's a great question I kind of think of it as for myself so maybe other people can relate the more I'm like hiding myself, the more I realize it feels like a betrayal to myself. And so kind of building that self-love and realizing you're worth it. like you deserve to be seen fully as who you are. so and that can be really hard when the messages we receive since we're really young and all across the board with so many um populations and people um is to like hide certain parts of yourself so kind of tapping into that self-love and starting to just explore explore with compassion um you don't have to do it perfectly and it takes time but but just be open open to exploring yourself that it can start to lead to more acceptance That's so beautiful. I'm over here, like, crying.
1: (laughs) There's so many relatable points that I think so many of us relate to, and it's such a process in just figuring out the autism, and then whether somebody feels like they want to get the diagnosis, and then, like, after the diagnosis, I think there's so much to it that is so important to talk about that. Once again, you're not going to learn all about that at school, and I think just sharing our experiences are so important and valuable for people to learn. Is there any other advice that you would give to a client if they were struggling with these
2: types of emotions that you recognize? Hmm. Like in regards to kind of being more open and authentic? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think trusting, trust the process, trusting the process, being curious maybe finding finding um people like role models almost out out in our world that seem to be really expressing themselves authentically and like noticing why you're drawn to that or not, noticing a person that you're drawn to and kind of having that be inspiration could be helpful um people that just don't fit in like to like standard society or people that are more like seen as outcast or just have identities that are more stigmatized or um, looking towards those people and like watching them watching them like you can feel their joy radiating out of them is how I feel like when someone steps into that authentic self they just it's just like the energy changes, like, there's something really, like magnetic about them. And you can tell they're just living life for themselves. And I guess that's the main thing is just like living life for yourself is the most important thing. And the rest can follow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love how you bring up, like curiosity and living every day, like with that curiosity to be your authentic self. I think that's so beautiful. And I'm just so interested because you mentioned you do art therapy, and I think that's such a great way to explore your curiosity and, you know, neurodivergence and art, I just feel are connected on such a special, they're connected in such a special way. And I was just wondering um, what your thoughts on that are and if you could like explain more, like what drew you to art therapy?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I am always so, I don't understand the idea that like autistic people aren't creative because I've seen so many creative autistic people in their own unique ways, whatever like creative way that may look. Um, But art therapy in general, art therapy is so awesome. I really love working as an art therapist. And I think there are so many benefits that one can receive from it. So art therapy is a form of therapy that encourages self-expression and exploration through different art tools and modalities, such as painting, sculpting, collaging, Uh, the types of art that can be made are pretty endless. And you don't have to have any art making experience to participate in art therapy. All skill levels are welcome. And I've noticed that art therapy can be a really awesome type of therapy for autistic individuals and other neurodivergent individuals. Um, Some benefits I've noticed that make it a good fit for autistic individuals is that it's not completely reliant on verbal communication. So the art therapy process can be a really good a fit for nonverbal expression. I myself can find it challenging to always express myself verbally. And I love how art um, allows me to express emotions in ways that I, I just can't with words. It also is a great way to regulate emotions. Uh, I know that some of us autistic people Uh, myself included, feel really deeply and don't always know how to manage those deep emotions. So using art like painting and clay can be uh, really soothing and cathartic for the nervous system. And also in in, an art therapy setting, I find it easier to dive into emotions and talk with a therapist by having something to do that I, I get to make with my hands and not necessarily needing to make eye contact with the therapist in a way that um, I, may, I may feel the need to do so in more traditional talk therapy. Um, and it can also be a really great tool for processing trauma uh, and it, it can be really satisfying for the senses And it can also be fun and uh, therapy can sometimes be fun so those are some things I really um, enjoy about art therapy and uh, would love other people to know.
1: Thank you for sharing. Is there a particular age group that you yourself enjoy working with or
2: gravitate towards? Right now, all age groups, actually. I haven't worked with really young kids, but kind of elementary age and up, I really enjoy working with. Yeah, there's benefits. And like, I see really beautiful things um, depending on like the different populations that are that are really cool.
0: Yeah, that's so fun. I love it. Um, I'm wondering if you have a favorite Thing a favorite trait that you've learned about yourself through art therapy or after your diagnosis, just any mm-hmm. new information that's really brought light to your
2: life. Hmm. I think something that I've always kind of known is my sensitivity to energy, but since being diagnosed and going deeper into the counseling world. Um, i I've noticed like the the beauty of being highly sensitive to everything, um even though it can be hard at times of like the sensory struggles. um but also, I think it it helps I'm noticing how much it like helps me tap into beauty, the beauty of the world. and i I was thinking recently. I like go on these walks and I just think (laughs) it helps me think and one of my on one of my like recent thinking walks I was just thinking about how I wouldn't want to ever change like being autistic because I've I feel like it's I get to experience the world so deeply and I love that and um Yeah. So that accessing beauty is, is one thing that I really appreciate. And I, I guess one other thing is, yeah, in terms of that, just thinking about how, um, I, I've like in the past was diagnosed with depression in therapy and later realized, I don't think I've ever really been depressed I think it was almost always autistic burnout um (laughs) and that is important to know and I was like I actually think that I'm like a very happy person in in the right circumstances because it's just like I connect with like nature I'm like connecting with nature and art and music and I'm just I love it so yeah that's been um an important insight for me thank you so
0: much so our interview is coming to a close. And I just wanted to provide an opportunity for you to share ways um, if people want to reach out to you, um, your social media if you'd like to.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram um, at autism.art.therapist. Um, and my email is autismart therapist at gmail.com with no dots in the name Um, and I'm planning on starting private practice um, end of summer or early fall in New Mexico if anyone out there is from New Mexico is looking for an autistic therapist or looking for someone that does art therapy Um, and I'm also planning on doing some coaching for late diagnosed right now is when I'm I'm planning on because i it just really excites me in that way, and kind of tapping into the authentic self with that. We appreciate you coming
1: on and sharing everything that you have with us today. it's It's really been so
2: special to both of us. Thank you, yeah i'm I'm so happy I got to connect with you both. This has been really awesome. Yeah, please anyone that wants to reach out, please do. I would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, especially now it's so hard to find therapists, especially therapists that reflect your own life experiences. So it's so great that we're getting your information out there for people. Well, that's all we have. Kara, again, thank you so much for your time. This interview was so wonderful. We're so grateful for it. And we hope you have an awesome day and we hope to connect with you soon in the future.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I hope you both have a nice day as well this was really great. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. You too.